Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into weathering with you in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Today's episode is going to be a review on Weathering With You. It's a new anime film that is in theaters now uh, from director Makoto Shinkai. Makoto Shinkai, yes. Before I get too deep into uh, Weathering With You, which I'm excited to talk about, I gotta give a thank you to the newest Patreon subscriber. Um, so... I mean, I guess, like, there's only, there aren't a lot, right? Like, I, again, I, and I think I've touched on this in the past, but making all the money, whether it's, you know, Patreon or, or whatever the, the reasoning may be, not exactly the goal of the podcast. At this point, uh, maybe, maybe I had uh, uh, grand ideas of it when I first started it, but at this point, it's just, you know, getting to talk about movies and, and, that, that's the thrusting driving force of, of the show. But new Patreon subscriber in a friend of mine, as, as they all are, uh, Brian Beeson, I think I'm pronouncing the last name right, uh, who is so, so generous in uh, choosing to subscribe at the highest available level, which means not only am I going to be thanking him on this episode, but I will be thanking him on every episode for as long as uh, he is a subscriber. Now, future episodes, the thank you will be uh, will be included in the end uh, re- uh, end of the episode. Uh, but this is the first one, being the first one, uh, you know, front and center, front and center. Uh, yeah. And uh, before, one other thing, before we get into the proper episode today, as a Patreon subscriber, uh, you get early access to any episode that is released early uh, on any level. You do not have to be at the highest level to uh, acquire that ability. And I've mentioned and kind of been teasing doing an MCU recap uh, for quite some time uh, with, in a, well, with, my, with my partner, Meg, uh, who, you know, after we had seen all of them up through Spider-Man Far From Home, and part one of that is up, and part one is about two hours long, and it only gets you through phase one of the movies, so six of the 23 movies that have come out, uh, those are going to be released every Monday, and they will be available to Patreon subscribers as soon as, uh, they're recorded, basically, or probably the morning after they're recorded, more likely. So that could be very, very early uh, for some of the later parts if you are that if you are so interested. So part one comes up on Monday. It is available to Patreon subscribers now if you are so interested. Anyway, let's move on to the actual review of today's episode, which is Weathering with You, a 2019 anime film directed by Makoto Shinkai, starring a bunch of uh, Japanese voice actors whose names I'm not totally familiar with. I'm um, just going to look here. And nope, I don't recognize 
any of them. Oh, I do. Kana Hanazawa. I do recognize her. She's very low on the list of voices, though. So, Weathering With You, Makoto Shinkai, if you are not familiar with that name, he's done a lot of other films uh, in the past, but the most popular is definitely Your Name, which came out in 2016. Uh, was pretty popular when it came out. I loved it. One of my favorite films of 2016. It was a great year for animation. And uh, part of that, part of the reason, I think, you know, Shinkai's films look stunning. Uh, the Garden of Words, uh, Five Centimeters Per Second, Children Who Chase Lost Voices, The Place Promised in Our Early Days. All these films, they're so beautiful to look at. And... Finally, for me, Your Name became the first film that was just as rich in its characters as it was in its animation. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I, I think Your Name is his best film and, and remains his best film. Weathering With You is a very small, a small step down from Your Name. I don't think the characters are quite as rich. Uh, they're still quite they're still well developed. I still very, I still care about them. I still want them to succeed. I want them to be happy. Uh, but there's definitely, I don't know. Uh, there's weathering with you kind of tackles a much different, broader subject. I thought your name was focused more on the characters, uh, with everything else kind of being second. Whereas weathering with you, I think the characters and everything else are kind of balanced, and it takes it takes away from them just a little bit. So the general premise, you have a high school student, Hodaka, who runs away from home uh, to Tokyo. He's from a small isolated island off the coast of Tokyo, and, you know, he, for whatever reason, we don't really find out why he runs away, but presumably things were not very good at home. He's trying to make his life in Tokyo, and he has no money, no place to live, no food, none of that. And he initially finds he he on the boat over his they say that his life was saved by somebody else when he's uh slipping off of the deck of the boat in the rainstorm i don't know if that's actually the case i don't know if his life was really in danger but he was in danger and so he was saved and the guy that saves him ultimately offers him a job um for a very little amount of money, as we would we will come to find out. In the meantime, he runs into a girl named Hina, and she is a couple of years older than Hadaka, and she is the the sort of driving force in the film. She is she is what the film revolves around, and. What makes her so interesting is, and I, I'd never, I'd never heard of this term before. I don't know if this is a real term. the The interview that played after the film with uh, Shinkai seemed to indicate that this was actually a thing that is a term that is used in Japan. I'm not familiar with it, but uh, somebody who brings sunshine wherever they are, uh, particularly. Uh, in this case, a, a woman is a is commonly referred to as a sunshine girl, and that's the crux of the film because Tokyo is currently experiencing the longest, heaviest rain spell 
ever. Uh, it lasts for months straight. And Hina has the power to pray for the sun. It doesn't last very long. It doesn't cover very much area, but it is effective and successful and efficient. And so through a various set of circumstances, Hina and Hodaka become friends and start a business where they go around um, charging people to get bring them sunshine. And that is the... That's a lot. It's a lot to start out with, but it is that is generally the the premise of the film. Tokyo is is beset by rain clouds twenty four seven. There's a girl who has the ability to get the sun through the rain clouds, and uh, what ultimately becomes of that, and what what that means for not only Tokyo and for but for Hina, Hidaka, and, and the other people in their peripheral range. So, I, I mentioned that I think the characters and the rest of the film are fairly balanced in this. There, there's a, a huge focus on the weather, on the sky. Shinkai has always been focused on weather and sky and natural occurrences. Your name uh, deals with that as much as this does. Uh, if you've seen The Garden of Words, it's almost always raining in that movie. And the rain is just beautiful. It, the animation is stunning. It's stellar. I love it so much. Uh, the the sort the way he combines rendering 2D and 3D animation together and giving the film so much depth. Wow, you know, there's a scene where we see Hadaka running up um, alley staircase, an alley staircase, staircase, and the camera is like zooming out and and swiveling around, and you know, we see him running up the staircase the whole way. It does not cut, and it just it just it's it's so mesmerizing. Um, you know, we get like a 360 aerial spin at one point in the movie uh, when Hina and Hodaka are on the roof of a building. And it just, these are things I don't generally see in an animated film. Like it, ca- it ta- must take so much time and so much effort to render animation in that way to give us that 360 scope around an entire city. You know, it, it just, it's... It's one thing to draw a background uh, when you're looking at it, and then you have to draw the background when you lean to one side and you're still looking at the same thing, but now everything's just slightly askew because the angle's a little different, the perspective's a little different, and when you combine, when you, you know, complicate that to the to, to a 360-degree spin, uh, it just, it's, it's so, it's it just so crazy, so incredible. The other very astonishing and very impressive thing about this movie is the music. Uh, Shinkai says in the interview after the an interview after the film, and I don't know if that'll be after every showing, but after the fan event that I saw on Wednesday, uh, he talked about how the first person he sent his script to when he wrote it a couple of years ago was a member of a band, was a singer, was a musician. And a couple of weeks later, that guy sent back two songs that he had written based on the screenplay. And Shinkai, you know, he began to work on the movie. He began to flesh out the storyboards and the plot and, and edit it and, and so on. And he did it with the music in mind. He, he built the film around the music to a degree. 
And I think he's he he succeeds when the reason the movie sounds so nice and works so well with these sort of needle drop moments is there's a there's an element of Edgar Wright to this movie. You know, Edgar Wright has always you know infused his films with great music, great scores, and and even and, and like soundtracks that are pitch perfect. You know, watching Baby Driver was thrilling because every single song every single beat of the song connected to something in the film and you know when he made baby driver that you know this isn't something like you can just add in a song after the film is done this is something that had to be created at the same time as you were incorporating the song you know he could not have composed those scenes uh, without having the song being playing all the time and this is the, the same thing I think is true of Weathering With You. It's impossible to look at this and, and hear this music. It fits so beautifully with the scenes that it is um, playing behind that it, it's, it's evident just how closely and intertwined the music and the animation and the, and the screenplay were um, created. You know, it, it's, it's very believable that this is, you know, these songs weren't written weren't just written for the movie they were the, the movie was kind of written for the songs and and it's it kind of, kind of flows back and forth between the two uh two of the songs that I, I really really love uh are grand escape uh which i think is slightly slightly my favorite and the other is if, uh, it's a longer title let me make sure i get it right um let me see here. Yes, the other song is Is There Still Anything That Love Can Do? It's kind of a mouthful, but both of them are beautiful. They both have they both play during very important and impactful moments during the film and it just it helps it just wraps you up in everything. It just it just smothers you with this this experience almost. <clears throat> On the other hand, the film I mentioned some of the some of the characters are a little shallow, a little shallow. You know they 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 aren't fleshed out beautifully. I mentioned we don't really know what happened uh, to Hodaka at his child in his home when he leaves. Uh, a lot of you know a lot of things are just kind of picked up and and dropped. Uh, a lot of uh, familial details about a lot of the characters, and there are a lot of characters. I only really mentioned three: and Hina Hadaka and uh, uh, Keisuke, who is the one, the man that hires Hadaka early in the film. But you've got uh, Natsumi and Nagi, Nagi, who is uh, Hina's brother. You have Natsumi, who is uh, Keisuke's niece. You have Keisuke's daughter, uh, his mother-in-law, a lot of, uh, you have uh, Hina's mother, who's not really in the movie that much. You have this, there's a bunch of just, a lot of peripheral characters who get like one or two moments. Um, And for the most part, I felt the film does a good job of giving them enough information. I, I think they're all, they're not, Pun in, no pun intended, two-dimensional, but 
there's something lacking. I think there's a little bit lacking in, in the character development. And I think you really feel that in the climax of the film when, it, for me, it becomes very apparent that the two leads of the film get all the that get the majority of the character development, and even Keisuke Keisuke, who feels like a character who's gotten so much, so much, and so much detail, and so he feels like a character that makes so many, I don't know, he feels like he has so much dimension to him. I still felt, in with his last kind of act, uh, in the climax of the movie, that that I wasn't, I didn't buy into it enough. And I'm not sure what what caused that. I don't know why I felt that way, but I don't know. I felt like his connection with uh, Hadaka, which is supposed to be, or at least in this last moment of the climax, is supposed to be fairly tight. I didn't feel it was. I think Keizuki himself is a very strong character, but I thought maybe the relationships between everyone uh, outside of Hadaka, Hina, and Nagi are are a little weak to be. I don't know, and now I'm saying that, and and I know I felt that way before, but now, like the more I'm thinking about the movie, the less I feel like that criticism is as valid. Uh, there's a scene uh, between uh, Hodaka and uh, Natsumi, which is great. I love the scene that they share. They share a couple of scenes, and I think their relationship is well founded. And about half here, here's what I'll say: halfway through the movie. At that point, I felt like all the relationships, all the characters, they're getting great development. We're getting to learn a lot about them. And halfway through the movie, uh, the Keisuke and Natsumi side of the movie kind of disappears. And Hina and Hodaka become so central that between the two of them and Nagi, we don't get many other characters for a long chunk of time. Uh, And when we do, it's just a brief check-in, a flash of them uh, wondering where the other characters are went to, why they don't see them anymore. And I think that is why I felt that way. And that's why I feel, I think there was so much opportunity to make this entire supporting cast so real. And I think maybe one scene in that long stretch where you don't get much from Keisuke and Natsumi and other people on that side of the film would have gone a long way to feeling more I don't know, to just feeling more real, to, to feeling more fleshed out, more in tune with the rest of the movie. But, yeah. Uh, and of course, the only other thing, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but there's one other thing I need to kind of referentially talk about, which is the ending of the film. Uh, or rather, not the ending ending, but the, the aforementioned climax, there was a choice that Hadaka has to make. It is a, at first, listening, you know, in the interview after the movie, Shinkai references this choice and how he thought it would be very controversial. And it wasn't until he said that that I even considered it to be controversial. Uh, the choice is, the, 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 the choice that Hadaka actually makes is very passionate. And I support him in this passionate, passionate choice. I would have made the same choice had I been in his shoes, at least I believe I would have, and he, Shinkai mentions that, you know, it's something crazy, it's a, it's an insane choice that, you know, he, he, I think he says something along the lines of, if you say something like that on, like, Twitter, 
that everyone will attack you for for having said it. And he might be right. Uh, he, he may be right. I, I think the more you think about the choice, the more logic you bring to that decision, uh, the more it makes sense to take the other option other than, than what Hadaka says. And yet I feel even after, you know, looking back at what happens in the film and, and even looking at the sort of hindsight knowledge that of what ultimately transpired and came to pass after the choice was made when we, you know, we kind of time skip at the end of the movie a couple of years, it still feels like a perfectly acceptable choice. It doesn't, it's not something that spells doom and gloom, uh, as you may believe, may have been led to believe, but it, it just, I think to not make that choice, is, or to make the other choice, rather, is to not be true to the characters. So I'm very, very happy that Shinkai decided to go the route he did because I think it makes the most sense with, with who these people are and what what they, what they we've been led to believe about them. You know, I think it, it ultimately works on that level and uh, deservedly so. Deservedly so. Uh, I, I appreciate the courage Shinkai has to end the film as passionately as it has been prior to the ending. So I I had a really good time with this movie. I love the music. I love the, the animation. I, I really enjoyed the characters. I thought they were a lot of fun. Uh, the Yeah. There are, there are a couple of conveniences that I can't go really into because it would be spoilers. But I think if you can and don't have any problem with the subtitle aspect of the film, go find it. I know that during the Wednesday, Thursday showing fan event showings, there were dub versions. I don't, I didn't see the dub. I saw the subtitled version. Uh, but someone who has seen the dub that I know said that it was all they they very much enjoyed the film in the dub, and I think the dub is a perfectly acceptable way, especially if you're against subtitles for whatever reason. But if you can see it, check it out. It's worth it. I I I believe so, at least. Uh, if you're not, it's only in a few hundred theaters, so you might not be in a place where you can see it. But if you can go see, say, Your Name, uh, which is on Amazon right now, for the low cost of just $4, you can rent it in HD. I would also recommend doing that, because that is also worth checking out. Um, that's about it, though. You know, Weathering With You... Uh, fully expect to see it show up on uh, in the Circle of Film Awards, at least in song. I don't know if it'll break any other category besides song, but I believe it will be in song for 2019. That's about it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. It means a lot. If you'd like to find me at other places, you can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film. You can find me on Letterboxd, Circle of Film. Uh, or email g- uh, circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can find more episodes of the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. You can also head over to the website, circleoffilm.com, for all the episodes and much more. You can support the show by liking it, rating it, reviewing it, subscribing to it, telling somebody about it, or just listening to it. Listening is the best you can do. Uh, but if you are so inclined, you can become a Patreon patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash circle of film where for as little as eight cents an episode 
you can have early access to all the episodes that are released early, uh, including the upcoming Monday episode, which is the first part of the MCU retrospective. Retrospective. Uh, review. Retrospe- retrospective. Let's go with that. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, au revoir, I'll be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.